Michelle Constant on SAFM. 10 to 8, and as I mentioned, Fitz University is celebrating its 100th birthday. Quite a grand dame. Peter Bezodenhout is the Director of Development and Fundraising at the University of Witwatersrand. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. And a pleasure, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning to you, Peter. Let's uh, look at uh, this 100 years. Obviously, this is a time to celebrate. What are some of the celebrations that are taking place this weekend? Well, it's a jam-packed weekend at Witz. Uh, as we speak, I'm sitting at the Witz Club. It's about the, a park runs about to start around campus, and I can see all sorts of people flocking to Witz. Yesterday was a, a bumper day. Um, it started off, so I think you're aware that we had a major rag procession into Bramfontein. It was wonderful. Probably about 10,000 people joined us. The vice chancellor led the procession in his blue car, which was wonderful. Um, and so we had that. And then later in, the, in um, last night, we had an, a welcoming um, uh, event for the alumni in the Senate House Concourse, or the Solomon Matlangu Concourse, followed by a fantastic light show that went on for two for about two hours, um, displayed all over the sort of Great Hall steps. I think you can imagine that. A wonderful laser show telling the story of it over the last hundred years. Um, today I've, I've mentioned the park run, followed by a, a, a soccer game, that's, um Greats versus Pirate Greats at 11 o'clock. And then I think one of, probably the highlight of the day is uh, a reenactment of the Free People's Concert. Uh, the first Free People's Concert was held at Vitz 51 years ago. Can you believe it? And at six o'clock, um, at five o'clock, uh, for 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 the oldies like me, we have Mango Groove playing. And at six o'clock, um, there's a tribute to Johnny Clegg. So Johnny Clegg band, including Sipo and Kunu and um, and Jesse Clegg, will be singing. And thereafter, followed by a whole lot of other acts. It will probably end at about um, two o'clock in the morning. Apologies to those living in Parktown West. That's down in the dig fields on West Campus. And then um, tomorrow. And, uh, and the, we've got a, a number of events, including um, the Founders Tea for that's for people who graduated from 19 before 1982, and it's already um, fully booked. So there are about 500 people uh, coming onto campus, um, and there are a whole lot of other events which I can tell you about uh, happening all for, 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 um, on every day. I think one of the highlights, if I could, uh, one of the really um, exciting centenary projects that we've got is the repurposing of the planetarium. I think you've, you've, I'm sure you've been to the planetarium, yes, Michelle. Yes, yeah. And the, the planetarium opened 60 years ago. Can you believe it? We, we think there's, there's been a million people that have walked through the planetarium over this period. And we, yeah, I, want to just, um, I want to just pause you very briefly. Uh, Peter, when we talk about fits, I mean, there are so many different parts to the university. I mean, I'm thinking of the fact that you have the Origins Center, exactly. you have, you know, the planetarium. I mean, it, it really is an incredibly diverse space of buildings and cultural spaces and, and other. Well, maybe if I could drill down a bit there. So, I mean, Ritz is a, I, I, I don't know how well people... Yeah, you're going to have to do it very today. quickly because we've got a, a caller mm-hmm. on the line as well. So go for yeah. it. So we, I mean, we have 400 hectares, nine campuses, 400 buildings. It's a, it's a massive, 40,000 students. It's a massive, but as you said, the Origin Center, wonderful. It's open all weekend. The planetarium, we're turning it into this state-of-the-art digital dome. It's not just going to mm-hmm. be astronomy. 
It's anything that can be visualized, mining, anatomy, you name it. It's this wonderful new um, digital dome that will be open to the public, also a major research facility. But beyond that, um, the the Witz Art Museum, we have this wonderful, fantastic new um, purpose-built Chris Seabrook Music Hall. It's a beautiful music hall. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock, there's a concert, Gideon Bomalo. It's a jazz concert. It's open to all. But please, it's first come, first serve. It's only a 200-seater, but we welcome people to come there. We have 13 wonderful museums on campus, the Adler Museum, sure. the Medical School, etc., etc. But, but please come and explore. They're all open. Sounds like you could take a, a really good trip <laughs> through the <laughs> university. You definitely Peter, could. Thanks so much for joining us, Peter Bezodenhout, Director of Development and Fundraising at the University of the Witwatersrand, celebrating one 100 years, lots of hidden treasures in that particular precinct as well, including the absolutely gorgeous Witz Arts Museum. So you you guys have been commenting on this idea of fracking and the story of fracking. We've had, um, we've had someone saying that it was uh, a problem. So we thought we'd get uh, someone, one of you, our listeners, on the line. Mike Muller is on hold. He is the former Director General of the Department of Water Affairs. Um, it, that was in 2005. And in 2010, he was um, part of the Advisory Council. I'll, we'll have to find out the details of what Advisory Council. He's a Water Research Commission consultant. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Morning, Michelle. Sorry to get so sort of detailed this time of the morning. Always good to be detailed. Advisory council to who? No, uh, I was on the planning commission from 2010 to 2015 when okay. we actually did quite a lot of work looking at fracking and water. Yeah. But I was also advising uh, advising Minister Sisulu uh, between 2019 and 2021. I've tried to keep up to date since leaving government. And yeah. I think I more or less know what's happening. So, okay, so you're saying that the 2030 comment is incorrect? Yeah, Michelle, you know, management consultants, and we know about McKinsey, yeah. try to make people worried so that they can get business. And I, I met the uh, guy who wrote that 2030 story back in 2013, when mm. McKinsey was trying to make business in South Africa. They were looking for scare stories in water. What will happen by 2030 is that if we don't build any more dams or infrastructure projects, we will find that in dry seasons, there won't be enough water to meet all the needs because you might notice for six months, it doesn't rain up here in the high felt. Yeah. And so we need to store water. And if you don't store enough water, but you keep using more, then you run out. So we only use about 40%, maybe by t- that much by 2030. But to make sure we have it during the dry season, we have to build infrastructure. So that's the first point. Just to you know, this twenty thirty, we'll run out of surface. Okay. So what happens if we don't draw? What happens if we don't build that infrastructure? We've got six years for infrastructure. Is what? Well, and 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 lots of infrastructure is being built. You know, the okay. Lesotho Highlands phase two is later. We've got plans of where to do it and what to do. Some of those are late, and that's the problem. But yeah. we're not going to run out of surface water that there's no more left, which yeah. is what your uh, man said. So let's turn to the fracking. Because, again, I, I, I was working on fracking for the Planning Commission back in 2012. And the consensus is fracking is a very useful way of getting uh, hydrocarbons out of the ground. It's certainly less destructive than open cast coal mining, which we do far too much of. But people don't understand it. 
and worse, the landowners in the Karoo who would have to allow it to happen on their land because they don't own the mineral rights uh, are vehemently opposed to it. Yeah. And so we've had a lot of nonsense talked about how dangerous it is. Let's, and let's, I've no, 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 Mike. Let's, let's, yeah, okay. let's, no one is saying that there was nonsense on the one side, nonsense on the other. So we've given okay. you a right of reply. So um, you may can, say Can I just nonsense. explain the fracking issue then? Yeah, briefly. Because I've got recently a written about fracking. No, I know we're short of time. I've recently written about fracking saying it, dangers are hugely exaggerated. And a South African engineer who's been working, unfortunately, in North America for the last 15 years contacted me and said, oh, Mike, thanks so much for telling the truth, because this is absolute, and I'm afraid so where can the people, word nonsense. where can people I, find I, that I was, article? Um, it was in Business Day. It's, it's called Fracking Lawfare, and I think it was published on the 28th or 29th of August. So look up Fracking Lawfare. Okay, and, on Business uh, Day. People can find that. Okay, I'll tell you what would be even greater is if you could send us the link, um, because a lot of people won't be able to get into Business Day. They don't have access to it unless they are, I mean, I would be able to get into but a lot of people wouldn't be able to. Are you able to send us a link to where it could be that it's not, um, there's no firewall? People can get to that. Okay, I'll, I'll try and find something, and if necessary, I'll find somewhere I can put it up. Because yeah. I have the same problem. You know, this yeah. is the trouble. We can't get access to information, which means that people can sometimes mislead us by claiming things which and we can't actually publish the rebuttals in a way that people can get 